Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 96. And what can I tell you? It has been a roller coaster of a weekend, let me tell you. <laughs> that the the explanation for that will come in the next blogcast, not today's. Um, so if you want a sneak peek, you can check it out on the blog. But uh, but yeah, I'm trying to do this in order. <laughs> I don't know why exactly, except for there. It seems like somehow that's the right thing to do. Um, yeah. So this one today is uh, a. In, I wrote it actually a while ago, and I just couldn't find. I couldn't find the end of it really. Like I, I, I knew there was more to it than I had, and it just, it just like wasn't a fun one. Like some, some of them are just like, I feel a thing, I think a thing, I write it, it's over, and then others, like it just takes some more, mm, sort of muscling it into shape to to get it to be, to be something. Um, anyway, this is one of those. So I started it. I sort of wrote the first chunk of it in little bits and pieces back in the fall, um, and I finally got it together to just finish it up, muscle it into shape, push it around, make it work. Um, yeah, and, and it, 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 I'm glad I did because um, it has been uh, well-received, and there are those who I think maybe needed needed the advice. It's interestingly, like, the first time I've seen um, – my sweet aunt, I have a, a, a lovely aunt who uh, likes absolutely everything I do on Facebook, which is bless her heart. And uh, she, but she, and so she likes a lot of the blogs, but this is the first time I've actually seen her share one. So I think um, she, she sh- shared it for maybe her, her grandchildren who are <laughs> aspiring artists <laughs> in hopes that perhaps they will, they will not go that way. Um, I don't. I don't know what to think about any of that. Anyway, but this is uh, this is this is what no money really means. A few months ago, I met with some college students who were interested in working in theater. When I said, "You know, there's no money in it, right?" They nodded vigorously and said they knew, and so we proceeded on to other things. But I kept thinking about those vigorous nods. I know I nodded the same way when people told me the same thing when I was in college. But I know that what I imagined when I heard no money was wildly different than what no money actually looks like. I imagined something romantic, like La Boheme or An American in Paris. If it involved Sonny Garrett's and fingerless gloves, that was my idea of no money. And while I do have a pair of fingerless gloves, a Sonny Garrett would be way too expensive. I know if anyone had actually been able to tell me what my life in theater would actually look like, I probably would have chosen it anyway. I was unshakable. But for those who may have choices, I feel like it might be important to know a few things. One, just because you managed to make some money in theater once doesn't mean you're going to make some again. One job does not necessarily lead to another. As a young person, I thought my artistic life would be logical, that it would proceed the way student life had, high school leading to college, college leading to work, and more work, and then better work. But theater work is like the weather. 
there are seasons, and they are rarely entirely predictable. A career in theater does not proceed predictably. I thought one job would build on another. For example, if you did a show on Broadway, your next gig would be an even better, bigger show on Broadway. In fact, unless you're Jerry Zachs or Audra McDonald, your next gig after Broadway is probably your catering gig. Two, no money can also often mean no time. It's not just CEOs who experience time as money. The time will come when you will decide not to do that show you really want to because you cannot afford to take the time off your day job. It will happen. It has happened to almost everyone I know. Three, if you're as maniacally dedicated to art as I was as a young person, you aren't so worried about yourself, your rent, or your groceries. You're worried about your art. But your art, too, will suffer for lack of funds. Let's say you're a singer. Without resources, you won't have the money for voice lessons that others may have. You won't have time to practice due to the day jobs. You can't afford to hire the best musicians for your recording session. You'll watch those who have the time and resources to improve their craft do just that, even if you began with more talent or dedication. And if you're really worried about money, the worry, the scarcity of the resource will begin to take over your bandwidth. If you're a generative artist, this can be particularly debilitating as your brain does not have the space or the quiet necessary for creation. Side note for more on that topic, read the book Scarcity uh, or my post about why artists seem to be bad with money. Four, having no money when you graduate from college is perfectly normal. No one really does and your peer group will essentially have that in common with you. As your peers get fancy jobs, or just like jobs, the distance between you will begin to get wider and wider. You might worry about going to their birthday party at the fancy restaurant, or be unable to go to their destination wedding. If you are lucky in your friends as I am, they will not be unaware of those things, and they will do their best to include you in such moments, stress-free but some will not be so understanding, and you could end up blowing your rent money at birthday dinners if you're not careful. If you remain committed to your theatrical life, your non-theater friends may begin to wonder what you're doing wrong. They'll think you made some error along the way that has led you to continuing to have no money to speak of. They may begin to ask the dreaded, why does she keep doing this? Being without money for a short period of time is very different than being without it for years, for decades, maybe forever. Most of those nodding vigorously at that college event were probably used to a fair amount of economic privilege. Even if they were there through the benefits of financial aid, as I was, their parents probably have had regular salaries, as mine did. My sense of no money largely came from not having enough babysitting money to go to the movies. And I knew I could deal with not going to the movies as often as others. But having no money isn't just not going to the movies or not having cable or not buying yourself jewelry or clothes or books or going out to brunch or whatever. Sometimes it's not having enough to pay rent or bills or buy groceries. It's how 
pre-Obamacare, so many of my fellow artists and I did without health insurance because it was either rent or health insurance and we were healthy, so it was actually cheaper to deal with stuff as it came. And all of that was really fine for the first few years. Certainly when I was working as an actor, touring and performing, I didn't have time to worry about it. And that first job came with an application for food stamps, so none of us starved. I suppose that's the ideal. To work for no real money for a little while, see what it's like, and see if you can hack it. It's not for everyone. Decades of it is very different than a couple of years. A week ago, I lost the silver hoops I wear in my ears, and I realized I had no idea where to get new ones as I had not purchased a piece of jewelry for myself since college. That's over 20 years, y'all. I found some on Etsy and feel like a very fancy lady. If you have support available to you, use it. It is a sad reality that for the most part, the theater world does not offer any real avenues for those without that support. It's something I'd really love to see change for the field to open avenues for working class folks to be able to participate more fully in the art. But at the moment, you're going to need every bit of support you can muster. Maybe for just a little while, if you're very, very lucky, or maybe forever. So there you are, some uh, advice. This is an advice podcast, blogcast today. <laughs> just because like, I, felt, I felt a little bit irresponsible with those adorable college kids from, from Sarah Lawrence where I was having this like, you know, career lunch. And, uh, you know, I know, I know there are those who are undiscourageable. And a lot of them were sitting at that table with me. Um, but there are those, who, and, and I, I, it's so hard. It's just, you know, you feel bad, like, being the discouraging person. But you also want to be like, yo, this is the reality. Like, don't do this because you think it's going to be glamorous, because it's not. Even for those who are the most glamorous. I mean, like, the guy I knew, like, no, I, I haven't seen him in years. But, you know, he, he was working on Broadway pretty much more than anybody I knew. And, you know, mostly he works as a carpenter these days. He occasionally does a show, but, like, uh, that's how it goes. Um, it ain't easy. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and I, I guess I also say it's complicated because I, 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 there was a certain point in the, when I was kind of, I think when I just moved to New York where I, I was, like, really mad at all the people who told me it was going to be hard and who told me, like, you know, the truth, uh, because I was like, you know, if I just believed in myself harder, I would, I would be able to do this. And they planted this seed of doubt. Oh, but there's a lot of that magical thinking in the theater community. So I was, I was very much not immune to it at the time. I'm not, yeah, things have changed. Anyway, so the song for today, um, is I'm I'm still gonna give you some more lullabies. Um, this one is uh, all through the night. Um, it, I know it from Cindy Lauper's album. She's just, she's so unusual. Apparently, it's written by Jules Shear. 
Um, and I did it because for this Lullaby project, my friend, this was one of the songs she wanted. Um, so, uh, so I was like, oh, okay. And uh, you'll notice that my recording of it is a little jauntier than most lullabies. And that is because I, whenever I tried to play it like a little slower or quieter or with more like finger picking and, you know, I just was like, wow, this song is depressing. <laughs> like there's just something about it when it goes slower or, or more thoughtfully that it starts to feel really like contemplating your own mortality rather than being like, a, oh, go to sleep. It's fine. <laughs> so that that's why I, I have made this a, a bit jauntier than um, than one might expect for a lullaby. Um, but yeah, I'm re this is another of these re-recorded lullabies from the Lullaby Project. So this is all through the night. We have no past, we won't breathe. 
Pues 